Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fantastic Minute, the show where we analyze Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox, one minute at a time. My name is Tyler Boudreaux. And I am Condra Boudreaux. And we are the Amateur Nerds. All right. We're here to talk about Minute 23 of Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. Minute 23 starts with Coach Skip telling Ash to step out of the game of Whack Bat, and it ends with someone yelling Hot Box. So we have cuss number 15. That's right. We're still keeping count of how many cusses, people. And cuss number 15 comes up in this minute. Ah, uh, yes. Cuss count 15. After Ash steps out of the Whack Bat game, he asks Coach Skip if he's getting better. And Coach Skip says, Wait, Will you sure his cuss ain't getting any worse? Ash just really needs a lot of reassurance in this minute. It, oh. He asks, am I improving? And like, am I as good as my father? A lot. This is this is very pressing in his life because he's comparing himself to Christopherson in his life and he's comparing himself to his father and he wants to be athletic and this is kind of his chance to validate him. What what Ash really needs is validation and he's not getting it. He just needs some love and support, people. Is that too much to ask? Just validate your fox children. That's the message and probably the title. And Skip. It's not like he's doing a poor job. He's just, and he's trying to be realistic with Ash being like, your father was insanely good, but also like, maybe you're not as good. And like, why am I having to deal with this crap? Coach Skip clearly doesn't give a cuss about Ash. In the one aspect, we have the very fact that he's a teacher or a gym coach or something, and he's cussing at his students. Or cussing around his students, which means there's a level of not caring about cussing around children, which is one thing. I want to throw this out here, though. Maybe Skip no, like is comfortable around Ash because his father is this great whack bat player and he's the whack bat coach at the school. So maybe like Skip and Mr. Fox are like bros. And so he just he's like the weird like Uncle Remus. If like Lupin like the James and Lily hadn't died thing and like Remus would have been an, like a proper uncle to Harry. Like maybe it's just a, like an, an uncle kind of thing. I don't know because he is kind of just, he's not being very nice to Ash because Ash is saying, am I getting better? And he's just saying, Oh no, you're not getting worse, which is like kind of a way of saying you're stagnating and I don't really care. And I'm not, he's not trying to help him improve. He's not giving any him any tips right now. He's, yeah. It seems like he's given up on Ash, and he's just like, ah, it's just another kid I have to deal with, and uh, whatever. I just want so much more for Ash. He's such yeah, a I know. confused little egg. He just, wants, he just wants to be good at things like his father. It's a lot to live up to. I guess this is the psychological thing, is when you have a quote-unquote fantastic Mr. Fox as a father, how do you live up to it? And the answer is you can't live it up. You can't live up to it. You need to make your own path, which I think is the plot structure of Ash's character arc. Yeah. Although I feel like he's already a little different than his father because he does wear the cape. He's definitely different. Hand motion. Hand motion. Just that difference does not necessarily mean he wants to be that different. Well, no. In this minute, he's he's trying to be his father, right? Mm-hmm. And that's he thinks the way to prove yourself is to be good at the things like his father is good at. He doesn't realize that he can be good at things for himself. What? He grows up so fast. (laughs) 
blame Mr. Fox. Well, it wouldn't everything. be a movie if they didn't have character arcs. I know. I just blame Mr. Fox for everything. That shouldn't be like this. Although he is like a 12-year-old fox. Like, 12-year-old children. So insecure. What a time. <laughs> Do yeah, not... they're in young middle school. I'm interested in the level of whack bat that's going on in this minute. Are yeah. there, is this like advanced whack bat or is this just like middle school whack bat? I think this is it like is gym this gym class, class whack bat. I think it's like gym class whack bat because you have a character like Beaver who's the pitcher or whatever the lead grabber i think was the name the, from the last the center, episode. I, I legit do not remember yeah um, it's the center center tagger, tagger. Or something center yeah. tagger and had to go into my notes for that one um and he's like huge in comparison to ash and christopherson and even like even in the science in the chemistry lab earlier like he's just so much bigger and like Beavers aren't that much bigger than foxes, but also beavers like, are like sturdier than foxes. Yeah, but it's just one of those things that like this is very like middle school gym class in which like half of the kids have started like have hit some puberty stuff, and then the other half just aren't, and they look like babies, and it's this really weird balance. Well, what's interesting to me is that we don't know the maturation rates of these animals, and we don't know how old people are. Mm-hmm. like respectively because theoretically if a rabbit ages faster than a fox are the rabbits younger than foxes but as mature as the foxes okay so i think not that i have a solution but something i noticed the um on the trophy, trophy it said that the time was measured in fox years which That's what one I was gonna say. seems super speciest racist like, speciest speciest Specious? I think it might be specious. Um, sure. Sure. Doesn't matter. It's a made-up word. And I think that in itself has a lot to say about, like, whose timeline is more important. And it's really so fox-centered that even, like, the years are fox-centered. Or foxes invented Whackbat, so it's on the fox, mm. fox calendar. Oh, that's a good idea. Or kind of like how like or, basketball season is like from fall to summer, but that's like a year for them is kind of like defined on a different scale than like an actual year. Good thought. Or is it because foxes are the only major predators that we see? Like if you consider like badgers are omnivores, but like foxes are the only proper predators we see in the movie because we have like moles and like i guess you have a weasel but like they're more of a scavenger foxes are the only proper predators could it be that i don't think the predators are going to be the ones that define how time is measured that seems like a bit of a stretch well there's lots of options then but it's interesting also on the trophy. So going back to the trophy, they measure time in half years. So yes. Mr. Fox, who's denoted on the trophy as F.F. Fox, whomever, whatever his name may be, we don't know. Um, Frank, Frank Fart Fox. Not Fantastic Fernando Fox. Uh, I, I one of those it, F's definitely stands for fart. Um, we're not two, Tyler. Or four. Okay. Or whatever. Okay. We're, not, we're not 12. So I'm wondering if it's in the book. Maybe I'll look it up later. 
and see if it's there, but I really don't think so. I don't remember seeing it. Mr. Fox wins it from 68. He wins 68, 68 and a half, 69, 69 and a half, 70, 71 and a half. No, 70, 70, 70 and a half, and then 71. And then he moves yes. on. And then you have two then other Then who else is after that? Pardon? I was asking who the winners were after that, which you were about to say. I was about to say. So the winners after that are JT Raccoon and MK Silvery Marmoset. So this is a little different that's, than our Skunk Ferret. That's I, definitely Justin Timberlake Raccoon, right? Oh, I'm I'm 100% sure. Like, that's and my that's, first and uh, only thought. And, and MK? Uh, Mila Kunis. Oh, interesting. Co-stars of the <laughs> classic film Friends with Benefits. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so clever. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I, well, the funny thing was for me, I was like, oh, Justin Timberlake Raccoon, ha, ha, ha. But then I was like, MK, that one's a little weirder. But then also, the whole silvery marmoset thing got me thinking, because the only other time we've seen a hyphenated animal last name is skunk ferret, bringing well, it back. Like, it's like last names in our worlds, which are like, sometimes they're like your job, sometimes they're like where you're from. Sometimes it's just like a color. Yeah. You can have like Frank Black and it's just a color and it probably doesn't align with the color of his skin because that's weird. So it's just like, oh, there's a color. Yeah. So it's probably like he is a silvery marmoset if that's a thing. I didn't look that up or it could have been nice. Maybe I can do that right now. (laughs) You keep talking. (laughs) Okay. So basically action Coach Skipper having this conversation about if Ash is any good compared to his father. And what Skip says is, your father is one of the best of all time. That's when we flash to this trophy. Kind of a fun cutaway shot to the trophy case, which is outside, apparently. That's kind of interesting that it's outside next to the Wackbat field. If it rains, like what's going on? I don't know. So, Condor, what maybe, did you find? Maybe it's a case in a hill. I'm going to put that out there. Maybe like it's a, it's like a case in a hill. Um, because technically they're kind of all outside, so that's I think kind of relative. Um, so silvery marmosets—they're a monkey that lives in the eastern Amazon rainforest in Brazil. They are adorable, but also does not connect with the world we are in in Fantastic Minute. Maybe so a foreign exchange student. Maybe, which would be insane if this foreign exchange student one most just valuable shows up and it's just like, the, like yeah dope at whack bat yeah just casually <laughs> just like winning. Monkey. so that's really interesting and then like if you think about too like mr fox being the winner and he's a certain body type and then raccoons have a very different body type and then you have a monkey thrown in here like these are three very different animals all being they're very, very good they're very like dexterous and wily animals but so i don't maybe like raccoons kind of... are not fast in the way that foxes and monkeys are Rac- or they raccoons are but like kind of raccoons fast. are t- kind of tubby i raccoons... don't know they're pretty quick yeah but they're, they're, also... they're critters they're, they but, like, if you consider... around so if you consider the moves christopherson has in the second half of this minute like i can't imagine a raccoon sliding under that stick like, they're too fat. Like, the same reason I don't think Beaver could be a whack batter, because he's too big. Well, Beaver just has a different strategy. He just plows over people. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the how the whack bat play actually works so as we confusing. yawn at 2 p.m. <laughs> We're the most. 
Alright, it was super confusing because, yeah, you get all these rules in the last minute about how this worked, and you see Beaver's son light up the pine cone, or a beaver, not beaver from... That's probably Beaver's son. Yeah, light up a pine cone and then throw it. We have a little fire in the background. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and there's a little fire in the background, which also doesn't make it... an open flame in the middle of the playing field, you know. it's chill. But also, like, irrelevant, because he used a match to light the pine cone, so, like, why is this burning bin here? I don't know. But... Maybe uh, that's the hot box. Yeah, so you see Christofferson have this really crazy spiky bat that's similar to a cricket bat but it's got the extra spikes on it yeah i don't know the origin of like what that would be if it's like part of a like a wheel or something like that just might have broken and like what did the first whack bat players use like like how basketball used to like just be baskets that's a good point what was that like what what is that adapted from like a wagon axle or something like that yeah that that's my theory on that okay and so we see the we see the whack bat gameplay. So we see the beaver light the pine cone, throw it behind his back in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Super and we impressive. See, we see Christofferson. So he he kind of is at like a plate, and then he kind of like walks up to like a batter's box, kind of kind of like Happy Gilmore style, where yeah. you kind of like take an approach on your swing, mm-hmm. and then he swings and hits hits the pine cone like pretty far. And then we get in this wide shot and we're watching the play from the sidelines. Which, to be honest, I watched like three or four times just those like 10 seconds of play and it makes no sense. So <laughs> It let's... makes no sense. All right, it's let's... so funny. All right, let's start with Christofferson and Beaver and then we'll move outward to the other players. We'll do one section yes. of the field at a time. So Christofferson so... hits the pine cone. He runs towards beaver which is across the field runs or slides under this limbo bar kind of thing picks up a stick turns around runs back over the pitcher's mound jumps over beaver hits the cedar stick off the cross rock and then stops because that's and when then... hot, hot box gets yelled yeah i thought hot box got yelled when the pine cone burned out it does which means Christofferson did that very quickly. So is he... Tr- is, what's so the objective to, here? So he his objective as the whack batter is trying to s- knock the cedar stick off the cross rock before the umpire yells hot box. Which is when the, the pine, pine cone, cone burns, burns out. out. Yeah. And there's other things going on that are also hinged on that cross, that um, hot box call. So, so and then the people running around are also like scoring points somehow, somehow like based on how like how many times they run around yeah. if we're inter- interpreting this as some sort of like cricket where it depends on like how much running happens. Yeah. So that's where it starts to get even more confusing. Because yeah, because the people on the outside, if you try to watch them, it makes no sense. <laughs> Zero sense made. All right, so we're going to do the far side of the field first for the next one. So you've got, like, four people on that side. You have, like, a rabbit and this other gray creature critter in one colored shirt. And then you've got a couple others that are in the other colored shirt. So presumably they're the taggers. There's and, taggers and the grabbers. And the grabbers. The two, the, the gray critter and the rabbit that are on the same team don't do anything for the first like six seconds the rabbit legit 
spins in circles for like 10 <laughs> seconds. And then the other one is like marching in place. So like, what is going on? Well, and that only when these other... <coughs> Only when these other two critters kind of come into play, they start running back and forth, and one of them seems to be trying to tag the other. So there's, like, this lull in the time in which they just have to stand there and, like, they're warming up or something. But you also see them warming up before Beaver throws the pine cone. So it's like, what's going on? Yeah, well, we don't know the strategies, because for Beaver, when Christopherson runs by to get the stick... Beaver just stands there and lets him by. But then when Christopherson comes back, Christopherson jumps over him and it looks like Beaver's trying to like tag him to stop him from knocking the cedar stick off the cross rock. Yeah. So presumably Beaver's trying to stop Christopherson, which means that his strategy was to wait until Christopherson ran and was coming back. Whereas he might have been able to try to stop him on the way there or something. But the strategy was just kind of to wait for him to come to you. So that might be the strategy that these other people are engaging in. They kind of have to like wait a little bit in order for it to be a strategic move for them to start trying to tag the other people. Yeah. And then the other side, the side of the field closer to us, that side makes a bit more sense. People are running back and forth on and off of bases. There's taggers trying to get them kind of or grabbers i guess trying to get them it's unclear which position means what so like that side of the field makes more sense it's really just the far side that it's like what is going on we got to remember they're in six and three quarters grade in gym class so not everybody might be participating correctly i mean i feel like i'd be that rabbit spinning in circles like (laughs) to be honest it seems like a good time Although I did participate in gym class back in high school, at least. I don't remember middle school all that well. Who does? Who does? It's been erased from my memory. I'd say that's for the better. The better? Like, oh, okay. So so taggers are tagging bases and grabbers are trying to people? grab people. Because taggers, if you're considering like the game of tag, like you tag people. No. But I'm assuming because... that means they tag bases. No, because beaver is the center tagger. Yeah. And he's not tagging. He's He'd be trying to grab. So were the grabbers... It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what are we trying to do? This is a terrible idea. Let's not do this. Um, yeah, no, like, some of them are just like... Yeah, no, they're marching in place. They're spinning in circles. Beaver, like, is guarding the cedar stick. It's like Christofferson is just doing his best. It's such a... Yeah, well, for his first try, he's really, really good. I, I think that's the point. Well, We're about to see Coach Skip's reaction, yeah. but, like, he does amazing. He does... And he understands the rules right away, which is way more than us. Yeah. I mean, Christofferson for the win here. Like, he should be in charge of this podcast. That'd be pretty amazing. But, no, I got such a kick trying to watch it over and over again and being like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, and I, that's the fun part to me. Hopefully we're correct in that it's intentionally opaque and then not when this uh, episode is released, people start being like, um, why are you guys so stupid? It's so obviously this. Fingers crossed you all <laughs> are as confused as we are. Because yes. same. No, I just... Well, that's about it. Yeah, I just... I've been say? thinking about um, like Ash still and his conversation with Skip. And just... Ash is just... I don't know what it is about Ash in this moment, but, like, this is his first vulnerable moment in a lot of ways. Like, he has the bristly, like, do you think I'm an athlete to his father earlier, and you have, like, the 
train scene where he like turns on the train for Chris. Or have we even gotten there yet? Am I jumping? Yeah, we did the train. Okay, we did the train. Right. So like, this is the first like Ash starting to verbalize what's wrong, but in a very Ash he's not way. even verbalize. He's not even verbalizing his problems because he's just asking his coach about the other things. He's not. He's not saying, "Oh, it hurts my feelings that I'm not as good at my, as my father at things." He's still trying to be as good as his father. This might be a case where we where we start to sympathize with Ash because earlier the do you think I'm an athlete thing, he's kind of being a jerk. But here we see, oh, he's really just trying to fill these shoes and he's never going to be able to fill them. Okay. I think that's a better description of what I was trying to go for. So thank you for that. You're welcome. So I don't have any other notes. We had cuss 15 in this minute and we had our first yep. taste of whack bat for real. Yep. Coach Skip concedes to Ash that he's improving, and then we kind of just watch the whack bat fall out. And it's it's fun to look at, and the sky is very orange the whole time. Mm-hmm. And if they're at school, does that mean that it's like the middle of the day and the sky is just like orange the whole time? Maybe it's like an after-school club and it's like the sun's starting to go down. Yeah, it's a very fall aesthetic. Except it's not. Well, the aesthetic is fall. And the season is fall. The season is not fall. Um, I'll give you the aesthetic okay. is fall. Alrighty, let's wrap this up. Wrap it up neat with a bow. You've been listening to Minute 23 of Fantastic Mr. Fox. We hope you join us next time for Minute 24 when other stuff happens. Maybe more whack bet. Wait and find out. Condra, where should they find us on the internet? If you are looking for us on the internet, we are at Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Play. We are on Podbean. Um, that is www.amateurnerds.podbean.com. We are on the Twitter yes. at Amateur Nerds. We are at, on Gmail. If you want to Gmail, uh, email us, we are amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. And that is all for now. Yeah, you can follow us personally on Twitter. I'm at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. And Condra is something else if she wants to say. I am amateur nerds forty two, so like our type. just amateur nerd forty two. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm sorry. Habit. Yeah, amateur nerd forty two. And yeah, that's where we like to have our conversations. We don't have a Facebook page or anything. I Someone am, asked me about that. I am Facebook incompetent, and, so I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, and yeah, just Facebook. I don't know. It's more fun to have conversations on Twitter about kind of frivolous things. Mm-hmm. So we hope you join the conversation, and we'll talk to you next time on fantastic minute we hope you have a fantastic day fantastic